Our conversation is going to be hopefully at least one-sided because I did watch that movie while sick and we'll see how we'll see oh, how much I can remember about it. Okay, I watched this movie. How long has it been? A week ago? Yeah, probably. God, what a long week. I watched this movie a it's week ago. It's been about a year and a half. It, it's been yeah, it's been <laughs> so long since I watched this movie and I hated it so much when I watched it and I don't remember anything about it and I thought I should rewatch it. And then I thought, like, no, no, that's though. insanity. I'm just going to go off my notes and hope it works. Welcome to Direct-to-Video. VHS? VHS? A podcast where we pair movies like fine wine. And we don't update for a long time because the world ends. The world, the world has ended and we're still here like a radio host, you know, in, uh, in Fallout. We're doing it. We're doing the thing. We're the last people alive, and this is what we decided to do <laughs> with our last moments. Is watch possibly the second worst thing I've ever seen for this show. I don't, we're gonna have to make a list at some point. That might be a DVD extras. Because here's what I'll say is that this movie was so long. <laughs> it was 92 minutes, dude. That is so long. And, and I found out that the original was was one episode short, so it was just a 70 minutes. And I was like, if this was 70 minutes, I would have been fine. I would have been pissed, but I would have been fine. They but 92 minutes? They introduced so many new characters. At, <laughs> Why? Oh, it is rough. Oh, man. Okay, so I we both watched this like a week ago. It's been so long. It's been too long. It's yes, which we mentioned earlier, but that probably won't make it in. Feels like about six months ago. It the the world has changed so much, and I've been sick. So like, we'll see how well we recap this. Bell's Bell's Enchanted World. It is called. Uh, no, Bell's Magical World. Okay, well, it was it an enchanted Christmas. It might have been. It uh no, it yes, I don't know. Something was enchanted. Yes, yes, it was. It was the enchanted Christmas. And now it's just a magical world. It's a magical world and then Tales of Friendship. What? Ugh, that there's another one. What? Tales of Friendship? Oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're lying. I'm not. <laughs> came out in 1999 i do feel like like the first time i looked at this wikipedia page these two movies that we are that we just mentioned they didn't didn't exist exist. and and now they do we've been like like mandela affected existing (laughs) because i've never heard of this and i've i know i've looked at this list and there weren't this many uh, hey, here's something. Whoa, 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 what? whoa. Pump the fucking brakes. What happened? On this Wikipedia article. Bell's Tales of Friendship is a live action slash animated Disney Wait, film. What's live action? I don't know. It's a prequel to the, the Enchanted Christmas. Okay. Okay. 
Oh, and it was released to help promote the syndicated television series Sing Me a Story with Belle. Which is a live-action series. a live-action Belle tells stories from Disney cartoons. So it's like House of Mouse, but with like a shittier framing device? Actually, I don't think it's like House of Mouse. I think it's just them playing old cartoons, but Belle introduces them first. Did they do that on House of Mouse? Well, in House of Mouse, they, they had new cartoons, custom cartoons. Okay. This is like Zoom, though, because there's kids. <laughs> I really got you. Part of it is just looking at this Wikipedia page. This is garbage. Oh, we don't okay. have to watch this if you don't want to. No, no, we don't. And because the one, the one thing in it we watched. Oh, this, was it? Yeah, the the last one, the party, was the thing okay. that they did for this movie. Okay, okay, okay. That makes sense. This that's what this felt like to me. This felt yeah. like the Hercules sequel that we never got around to watching because it just turned out to be parts of um of a TV show, yeah. The TV show just put into a movie. Uh, loosely strung together, it, it, and I use the word loosely very loosely because these stories have nothing to do with each other. Yeah, so let's just get into Belle's magical world. We start with... The Perfect World. A 90s 3D panning shot. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh. No oh, it's Disney gorgeous. Castle or nothing. That's what really got me, right? There was no Walt that Disney no logo. Walt Disney. It just, like, hit the ground. We're here. We, we're sorry. <laughs> we, we don't claim this one. The, the gracious hand of, of Walt Disney didn't bless this film. Uh, the Beauty and the Beast series might be the one that has kind of been most egregiously fucked up by its sequels. I still think Kronk's New Groove is the worst sequel that we watched. Yes, it's definitely the worst one, but it... But Beauty and the Beast, they keep on doing stuff like, here's a new character who, like, is a person that is also... <laughs> that That is... Just an object. And it's like they forget that they're also people when they do this stuff. Well, because the problem is... And they're like, here's the beast, and no, the beast never changes. That's not the point. <laughs> because, he, because he can't, right? Because all of this happens right. in the middle of the, the movie. And while we're there, by the way, I think that these shorts are out of order. These, well, all of these shorts supposedly happen before before winter is over. Which means they happen before... Uh, this was a fucking action-packed winter. Yeah, right. This was a this, long this, winter. This all happens during um the song "Something There." Yes, which is crazy. But I I will say right if that song makes it seem like over like the beginning of winter and spring that a bunch of amazing things happened that made brought them closer together. But watching all of these shorts. God, it really seems like the beast was just a dick the whole time. Mm-hmm. We get a we get a framing device. Do we? I don't. Somebody introduces the idea of Bell existing, and I can't remember who it is. Some narrator. I don't remember. Oh no, it was Cogsworth. Bell, or it's Cogsworth. Yeah, he's narrating. Okay, they did introduce a book character. <laughs> yes. Which it seems like it seems like the book character would have been the one to narrate, except I hate the book character, so actually he, fuck him. He sucks so hard. He's but like everything Cogsworth, I hate. 
Cogsworth does say, and this was the first moment, and it did not take very long for you to be like, oh, this is a bad movie. When Cogsworth says that Belle went to live in the castle. Oh, yeah. That's how Oh, did she? She just wandered along. It's like, I think I'm going to live in there by my own free will. Yep. Oh, God. So here we just get three newest fuck characters. We get uh, the- Very quickly. We get the book- Actually, the book is the last one. First, okay. we get because because we get we get the beast. He is dictating a letter, which oh, is yeah. already crazy because the beast does not communicate with the outside world. I refuse to accept that. the The implication here is that the beast is still somehow running the kingdom, running the country. Yes, through letters. No, which that would be interesting. But also, he was ten when he was transformed. And this, the beast, as we have seen him, would not do this. That's a different story. <laughs> like, one of the big points about this story is that, like, is that he had no one. He had, he was completely isolated, and that's right. why he couldn't get better. You'd think he'd have a fucking pen pal if he was writing letters all the uh, time. Oh, here, a, a pen pal, like, Beauty and the Beast, but they're pen pals? That'd be cute. I, I would love this movie. And I could see yeah, that. Like, a modern day Beauty and the Beast, but they're pen pals? Okay, if it's a modern day Beauty and the Beast, then they're like text pals. They're or something. online, yeah, or something. Or yeah, yeah, online. They're on a. They're on like a chat room. Yeah, they like meet in a chat room. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I I don't know anybody's name except Webster because that one stuck with me. But there is uh-huh. a stack of papers. Yes, this stack of papers is the most it. It, this is body horror. That's because, body horror. Thank because, you. Yes. So the papers are named Crane, which is I don't understand why. I guess Paper Crane. Aha! Uh-huh, so funny. So. This stack of papers, the yeah. face is on top of the stack of papers, mm-hmm. and then the bow wrapping these papers is like the nose. Imagine like, you know, like when you buy cardstock from Hallmark. It's like <laughs> with that, it's like, that's what he looks like, but a little flimsier. Sure. Uh, I assume because it's like the 1800s or whatever. Well, and, and also he does seem pretty like floppy when he moves. Yeah, he seems very floppy because he has no spine. Yikes. So Le Plume who is the quill, writes on his face, peels his face off, like Nicolas Cage, peels it off, and mm-hmm. then his face reappears on the new page. So either... This is a series of crimes. This is a series of crimes. Either they are, like, peeling off layers of this person's skin, or every single paper is a different person who is being murdered. Also, there's a pigeon? What? Isn't there? Isn't that how he sends letters by pigeon? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. So okay, I want everybody to keep this pigeon in mind because it actually makes later in the movie the third story make no sense. The third, yes, I, I you brought up the pigeon, and I was like, you're thinking of the other one. Although it also makes no sense on its own <laughs> because again, the beast did not have a way to communicate with the outside world. He does not. Who? Who else raised that carrier pigeon? Because that's how carrier pigeons work. Yeah. The pigeon, like, really only knows the two places to go. So who's the other person? We never find out. Uh, so, real quick, the the papers, voiced by Jeff Bennett. Okay. Uh, Johnny Bravo, Dexter's dad. The pen is voiced by Rob Paulson, who is Raphael and Donatello. And also, uh, he's doing his he's doing his Donatello from the 60s Ninja Turtles voice for this pen. <laughs> He was also Prince Eric in the 
Little Mermaid movie sequel. Oh, the bad Eric. Yeah, bad. He was bad Eric. He wasn't good Eric. The sitcom dad Eric. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't understand women. <laughs> that one. Uh, that's what he said. I mean, he might as well have. <laughs> he basically said that. He, like, basically said that. Uh, so, like, this paper, everything about this paper is horrifying. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This animation looks really terrible. It looks god-awful. It's just hot garbage. Everyone's face looks like it's melting. <laughs> like, like this is like a house of wax, and everyone's just slowly, like, being given unto the ages. That's the part of the curse they don't tell you about. Uh, is that, yeah. There are multiple frames uh, in which Belle is looking at someone and her eyes are so far apart. <laughs> physically, like not her pupils, her physical eyes are like falling off of her face like egg yolk. It's horrifying. It's like an episode of Monster Factory. It really is. Like, they're just turning... Uh, no metal sliders for this movie, right? <laughs> like, everyone looks s- terrible and awful and horrifying. Don't pause this one. Then we meet Webster, who I immediately hated. Uh, Jim Cummings, finally. It's been a while since we've had a Jim Cummings appearance in, on this show. It's uh, not his best performance. It's not. It's not. We'll, he'll come back later, though, thankfully. Webster... His thing is to say a bunch of words that mean the same thing, which, by the way, he's a dictionary and not a thesaurus. Right? It doesn't even make sense. Anyway, he says a bunch of words that that mean the same thing and acts like that's cool and not the most obnoxious thing you can possibly be doing. He's that kid in middle school whose parents bought him like a word a day calendar. And he just started using words like perfunctory. And it's like, fuck off, dude. You don't know what that word means. He's real garbage. It sucks. But the worst part is Belle is like charmed by this. And she's like, come on, Webster, we're going to go have dinner. And it's like she, she would be charmed by this. She's like a book nerd, I guess. Okay, but like, I'm a book nerd and this guy's an asshole. That's the implication, though, right? Is she gets along with him because he's a book. And it's like, yeah, but he still sucks. Also, is he the only talking book or are all the books talking books? Is every book in that library a living person? We can't, Andy. Right? That's the problem. Is every page in this book a living person? Andy. Like, the, the this has m- muddled already messy waters. Like, this is an oil spill in what was already a filthy ocean of what the fuck is this curse? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm just looking back now. If I scroll back far enough, well, I've lost it. I was just gonna go quick look up how many hours was in the final. Here it is. Four hours and 33 minutes and 31 seconds. I just want to keep us under that mark. (laughs) (laughs) No, we will. There's not much to say about these stories, thankfully. It's just that what we did is we got really into talking about the curse for a while. Yeah. So, yeah, Webster's terrible. But guess what? The next character we meet is terrible too. Chandelera? Oh, I forgot about this one. Yeah. She's, she's just nothing. And I need less people flirting with LeFou. LeFou. Lumiere. Le- Lumiere. Because, like, who cares? Here's the problem, right? Is the this chandelier's, mm-hmm. like, entire character is she can't hear very well. 
Because I guess chandeliers are known for not hearing very well. It's accurate. My chandelier never responds to me it, when I talk yeah, to it. I just never listen. Um, it's fucking rude. Right? You would think somebody that bright would know how to pay attention. But Wow. <laughs> ah, ah, they don't make that joke. They don't. That would take a measure of maybe forethought. Yeah, not because that joke was too bad for them, but because it was, as bad as it is, still too good for this movie. Right. So, but but also, she, she like, there's like a hinting of that she's like crushing on Lumiere. But we spend like the next fucking three short stories with Lumiere having like a for sure girlfriend. So yeah, why? This is, this is nothing. It's nothing. It's nothing. And also, remember that in the last movie we watched, they... Also introduced a character just to flirt with Lumiere. And it's like, stop doing that. Why are you doing this? We don't need it. I don't want to watch this candlestick fuck. I don't want it. And if you did want it, there are places on the internet for that. Disney doesn't need to provide it. (laughs) Well, that was gross. Okay, so what's the story then? I swear to Christ... There isn't one. No, no. So they're like, he wants her to eat- Belle these... starts recounting Cinderella. Does that happen? I don't remember that. Does it happen? She does it for like half an hour. This is later. This is later. The beginning it... of this is that Beast wants Belle to eat dinner with him. Mm-hmm. Belle says no. But she's already eating, isn't she? No, later. This is later. No, but I thought that wasn't until the bird- no, no, no. So she goes... Wait, wait, stop. I'm sorry. Stop. Yes. Later, for the bird thing, she definitely misses... Actually, I think it's lunch. And I don't know why you would make it lunch. But she definitely misses lunch? Yes. Is that... That's different. That's different. In this one, so okay. they're going to eat together, and Beast is, like, nervous. Right. He's, and he's all sweaty, and he's, like... And he has people open the windows because it's too hot yeah okay so this part got me really pissed because like i guess the implication was that he's selfish and that him being he him feeling hot is more important than everybody else feeling cold yeah he is covered in fur though yeah he is covered and in he fur. definitely could overheat i'm like i'm not saying he's right but maybe you crack the window open or maybe just open a window that's like pointed at him don't open all the windows right like their solution i wondered if he was sick because he's like so fucking hot and everybody else is shivering yeah right like oh he's got the fever it's this is it's weird scene yeah, but eventually Belle's like, you're being you're being like selfish, you're being an asshole, and Beast is like, oh, I've never been an asshole, what are you talking about? And then the the dictionary's doing the thing where he's like, asshole, butthole. Uh, right, right, that kind like, of thing. Yeah, shithole. <laughs> like, and, and Beast like throws it across the room, which, fair? Fair, right? Like, and uh, they stop talking to each other forever. Yeah, it, here's the thing. It doesn't Forever. even, like, register as a lover's quarrel. It's just... It's not even, like, friends arguing. It's, like, two people sitting at the same, like, Burger King, realizing they don't want to be friends. It's really fucking weird. And here's the thing. Both of them are willing to make up if the other one apologizes first. And I say this because they say the word apologize about 50,000 times. No one ever says sorry, but they do say the word apologize. So many times. It gave me a migraine. I mean, I was sick. <laughs> more, more of a migraine. So, like, 
the migraine could have already been there. Been there. It, it was just, it was, it was correlated, but that it wasn't the cause. Yeah, so they're fighting. So the three geniuses in the castle. These fucking, this book, this pile of papers, and this quill forge a letter of apology from Beast to Bell. Here's the thing. Mrs. Potts sees them and later comes down on him about it, but doesn't right now. Mrs. Potts has no right to be so hoity-toity later. It's like, you could have stopped this. You had She, she could have every... said something immediately. She's even there when Belle gets the letter. The letter. So Belle gets the letter. They start... They start hanging out and having a good time. They start hanging out. They, they have a good time. Somebody mentions the letter of the beast... And I don't remember who. Bell. Bell mentions it. Okay. Like they're 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 like reading this book, right? Right. And then they start arguing it again, and she mentions like, "Well, if you hadn't sent me that letter, I wouldn't have said sorry." And he's like, "What? Right. I don't know how to write." What? And then Beast starts freaking out. He thinks, and this is the dumbest thing, that Bell sent the letter to herself and then lied about it. Yeah. Even though that makes zero sense. <laughs> That's just her apologizing first anyway. Also, the pen is sentient. It's very obvious who wrote the letter. He's like, it's in right. my handwriting. But you don't write, Beast. You don't write. You've never learned how to read. There is no plot here. He blames Belle. Belle brings up because the letter. Because he's a fucking idiot. Oh, yeah. because Well, I mean, we knew that. Right? Oh, he's dumber than he's, he's ever been. He is though. a fucking sack of bricks in this movie. Not a single brain cell in this fuzzy body. So she leaves, and then the Webster, Crane, and Laplume confess. There's a dumb chase sequence that doesn't matter. He banishes them from the castle, and so they decide to leave go and go to town. <laughs> but they get lost. He's still mad at Belle. They come back. Also, whoa, whoa I'm sorry. I just, I do want to time out here real quick. In this one and in another one, the idea of a servant being banished comes up. Yeah. Even though that's insane. <laughs> what is a talking book going to do out in the world? Aren't you afraid of people finding out about your curse? Well, so that's the thing, right? It's like, let's say I'm like a, let's say I'm like a, I don't know, what would I be turned into? <sighs> Probably like a pillow or something. Okay. Yeah, let's say I get turned into a pillow, right? And then I get banished from this castle. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, I'm going to be like, well, I guess I'll just go be a pillow at someone else's house, right? Right. So I have a pillow at someone else's house. They're like, oh, I found this pillow. This is a pretty good pillow. And so they start using me as a pillow, right? Mm -hmm. And then, like, six months later, I turn back into a man. <laughs> and I'm just... Oh, do you know what this is? This is like... This is no longer, like, Beauty and the Beast level romance. This is, like, romantic novel level. Because because of all the potential, like, shared intimacy with a pillow. Oh, you're saying that the person who's using me as a pillow... Falls in love with <laughs> falls the Falls in love with the pillow, and then yes. I turn into a man? Yep. Your prayers have been answered. <laughs> Finally, uh, we can be together. <laughs> Real no! princess and the frog type shit. Yeah. Oh, gross. I don't know how I feel about that. Because a pillow is very intimate. I've seen Jim that's a storyteller. I'm pretty sure that's how it works out. Oh, yeah, maybe. And it would be a Muppet story. Yeah, because they could really uh, make that pillow work. We're, we're going to, Jim Henson had to crawl into like 
a tube underneath the bed so that he could reach up and control the pillow. My favorite part is when the pillow grows gigantic and they built a bigger pillow. A bigger, a bigger pillow, yeah. <laughs> this, uh, no, my favorite part is uh, is when the pillow like hugs the person back mm. and they made it not look like a freaky monster was eating them. How did they get a pillow to even ride a bicycle? Right? How? No, no wires, no nothing. <laughs> and this pillow is just out there. The scene when they're both riding bicycles together, right? Yeah, it's great. Yep. <laughs> I would love this movie if it was a Jim Henson movie, for sure. That sounds pretty good, oh, actually. Actually, bringing this up, there is uh, a Pinocchio movie coming out that has nothing to do with Walt Disney. It's Guillermo mm. del Toro is doing it. But Jim Henson Company is involved somehow. So I don't know. Word on the street is, is it's a fully animated film. Well, then, but if I Jim guess, Henson's, what are they doing? If yeah. Jim Henson's involved, I'm thinking it's going to be like Claymation or something. Right. I don't know. But, it could be just character design, though. Oh, for sure. If anyone's going to know how to design a freaky puppet, it's going to be the Jim Henson Company. Yeah. So the the where are we at? The 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 they get lost in the woods and they come back. They because... come back. Why should there be stakes in this movie? Because uh, when they left and when they came back, the castle just completely changed the way it looked. Uh, it sounds like a joke, but it actually does. This whole castle is never on model. It also doesn't look anything like the castle in the next movie. So, yeah, who knows? It's part of the curse. <laughs> yep, that's the curse. That's the curse. So they come back to the castle. Belle is like, hey, you come back inside. And Beast is like, oh, she's being nice to them. I guess I should be nice to them. And so he forgives them, realizing that, hey, we uh, all this was is us. We should have both said sorry, and now we've said sorry. So no harm, no foul. There's also a side story where Lumiere is mad at the chandelier, and they also forgive each other. But like, it's like the same story, but with a fucking, but with two fucking lamps. For some reason, like some the fuck how... The side story with Lumiere is even less interesting. It's uh, it's all it's 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 yeah. It's just two lamps who don't want to talk to each other. Like fuck, who cares? Yes. And then there's like, is there a moral thing at the end? Is there somebody who tells you what the moral of the story is, or is that just me? Man, I don't know. Probably there's one. Who cares? Yeah. Say sorry. I guess is the story. Say sorry occasionally. Um, so this next short is no. probably yeah what no Bef- not yet not not yet because before the short there is like a whole new song that happens oh there is it wasn't good no i couldn't tell you anything about the song no i have no idea what who what she said in that song <laughs> i don't i don't know what the song was about no it could have been anything I don't even know if anything was animated. It could have just been like five minutes of darkness and her singing. <laughs> I don't know. Anything could have happened there. Now, this next story. I need to say something, and it's going to sound weird. Maybe maybe for you, maybe not for you, but definitely for the listeners. Yeah. This is the strongest one. This is my favorite story. <laughs> it's like by far the one with the most plot and character development. It is really fucking dumb but in a way that's kind of amazing like if you if okay if you ever like to watch a bad movie because you like watching a bad movie this kind of falls into that category if they turned this story into a full-length movie i would be kind of into that 
Because then it's because it's just Clue, but like like ten <laughs> minutes long. So at first I was like, eh, at least Lumiere's not hanging out with some other girl. Yeah, which he's not. This story is about Lumiere, and I think her name is Fifi. You nailed it right on the tongue. I wouldn't have been able to tell you that if it wasn't written down. Yeah, but that's a wild name that I did not know was her name literally at all. She's the mm-hmm. maid, the um, feather duster. Yeah. It is going to be their fifth anniversary, the fifth anniversary of their first date. So the, what this establishes to me is actually two very important things, come to think of it. One, they've been together a long time. Five years. So long. Two, they only started dating as objects. What they needed in order to, for this relationship to really work is to just remove all the flesh stuff. Uh, they just needed each other without bodies, I guess. Right. Yeah. Because in the movie, <laughs> in the live action movie, which is, as time moves on, I've liked less and less, but whatever. Mm-hmm. It's implied that they were dating before everything. Yes, which honestly makes sense because how do you get into a relationship, relationship with a bird? With the, yeah, if if I like if I am a pillow, <laughs> I'm not gonna fall in love with another inanimate object. It's weird. I'm a pillow. <laughs> I specifically remember us positing because there's a scene in the original Beauty and the Beast where they seem to be like getting frisky with each there, other. There, there is a scene in the original cartoon movie that implies that they were making out at some point like hiding away right which doesn't make and sense i remember us talking about the idea that they were like mentally stuck in the spot where they could do that and that was the only way that made any sense yeah like they were there like just just like chip is frozen it's forever a old, child yeah they're frozen at like still making out all the time uh, yeah they, they their relationship never moved past that initial or was at the stage of like we're just like we're just like keeping things hot and heavy and not really right. being people to each other uh and then it stayed there for 10 years but this again this movie says nope no they started dating as objects which is wild which is insane I wonder what other inanimate objects have struck up relationships in this time, right? Because it's 10 years is a long time. It's a very long time. I don't know. At what point does Mrs. Potts get like a bunch of people hitting on her? Oh, and that's the other thing is, is like, right? Well, how many like female servants were there? Not a lot by comparison. You know, if it was me, 50-50 equal opportunity, right? (laughs) But... Beast? I don't know. Maybe maybe there's five of them. But the other thing is, like, some of these objects don't have faces or voices, like the plates and the knives and stuff. Uh-huh. That's another thing that we cannot get into. We but can't get on. into this. But um, but it's a thing. Right? So, some, I'm sure some of those, like, their plates and their knives. Like, what is gender? Mm-hmm. This is a great time, for, I think, for a lot of these objects to really explore themselves. Maybe I am a plate <laughs> forever. <laughs> But you would think, right, like, if, okay, let's say somebody turns into, like, a bowl. Uh-huh. What if they What if they just get so into just being a bowl that they don't talk or do anything except be a bowl for 10 years, and then all of a sudden they're a human again? Like, what do you do mentally? I've been a bowl for 10 years. I haven't spoken in 10 years. I haven't. That sounds, that really does sound difficult. <laughs> Maybe that's why they're all mentally frozen in place, so that they don't develop that problem. Mm-hmm. 
It's all the magic. It's, it's all, all the magic. curse. Oh, fuck. So what's the story? Magic? That explains everything. It does. Yeah, so after Lumiere briefly causes a fire. Oh, right. Belle decides she will help him plan this perfect date. Does he set the dictionary on fire? I fucking hope so. <laughs> He's dead. I don't think we ever see Webster again. So. No, not in this story. Belle decides to help him plan the perfect date, and he wants to keep it secret from Fifi. And yes, absolutely. What you're thinking is 100% right. This is the point where Fifi believes that Belle and Lumiere are having sex. Are they are fa- Belle, you know, uh, this, uh, this lamp has left this feather duster for a real woman. One that one that can satisfy all of his lamp needs. It is a wild turn of events. But Fifi believes that they're having an affair. Fully. Well, because she, like, hears them planning this date, but they are... They're acting it out like a bunch of weirdos. Well, okay, but think, think about it. So there's Lumiere, and he is sort of overly romantic. Yeah. And then there's Belle, who she, I would say, is a romantic and also, like, always in her books. So, like, she'd probably be super excited to just be part of this mm-hmm. because she's never had anything friends. like that in she's real She's never life. had friends. <laughs> just say it. She never had friends. The reason Belle, in both in the original movie, is okay with all of this is because she's never had friends. And, yeah, these are inanimate objects, but they're nice to her. Like, this is why. Like, let's just, let's get it out there. (laughs) I don't remember the context for this, but I have it written in capital letters. I think, I think I do remember the context now that I mention it. Uh Uh-huh. Fifi earlier was talking about all the great things that she and Lumiere had done together on their first date, and one of them was walking. Oh, yeah. And she's spying on them and saying, and they whisper, you know, and he whispers to her, and then she looks at them and she's like, and they walk! And I was like, that's exceptional. Yeah. <laughs> the idea that she hates the fact that they're walking. They're walk- I mean, only one of them is walking, but that's too much. Yes. This sad, fat tub. Did you notice this? This fucking, I, I don't even know what it is. It's like a punch bowl? It is a punch bowl. Yes, it's like a silver I love punch this bowl. fat, sad tub. Uh, he only says like two lines, but they're both Jim Cummings. And on both times I was like, yeah, this guy's okay. Why okay. couldn't this guy be more of a character? Uh, he's he's part of the plot of this surprise date. So I, I guess mm-hmm. Lumiere's plan is that they're going to recreate all of the date exactly how it was. I Yes, I suppose. And Fifi, meanwhile, is trying to make him jealous because La Plume implies that that's a good idea. Uh, he's like, hey, I'm in this movie. So she tries hitting on Cogsworth and that goes wrong. Also, Cogsworth's not interested. It's kind of fast. Okay, so I kind of love the scene where she hits on Cogsworth because Lumiere is like, I don't know, so secure in their relationship. <laughs> he just like walks out and he's like, she's just she's just probably trying to get out of work. She just doesn't <laughs> want to work today. And you know what? I get it. Who wants to? Like everybody hits on Cogsworth. Just to get out of work? <laughs> Whenever they need to get out of work. And Cogsworth is like, he like, freaks out a bit but then is not interested it seems like just like flattered about the idea the idea that someone might see him romantic he's like oh this is very flattering but get back to work yes 
I like it. That's a good bit of characterization for him, I think. Like this mm-hmm. idea of like, oh, somebody's into me. That's so nice. Get back to work. <laughs> Is this the one with the Cogsworth subplot or is that the next one? Ah, uh, that's the next one. That must be why I like this middle one best. Yeah, there's no subplot in this. It's all main plot. It's and all the main plot. plot. The main plot is that this feather duster is gonna is gonna fucking murder uh, Belle and Lumiere. Yes. <laughs> hey, that is what it is. So they. <laughs> also, the beast is just straight up not in this one, which is probably what makes it good. Well, bad in a good way. Yeah. They put these, um, like, skis on the tub so it can be a sled. And they get the dog, I don't remember the dog's name, but the dog who's a footstool. Yeah, to foot, pull. His, name, his name is Footrest. That's terrible. But in French. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> his name is uh, Footrest. I don't know. French. So Fifi's plot, and this is great because Fifi does try to kill Lumiere and Belle in a jealous rage. She sabotage so she sabotages like every inch of their of their date, mostly the sled part. Okay, so let's talk about this particular sabotage. She cuts the rope that connects to the dog. Mm-hmm. She cuts it so that when it is pulled, it'll snap. Sultan, that's his name. His name is Sultan. Okay, except one. That's, like, not a break. So if it was going to go out of control, it still went out of control, but it would have taken Sultan with it. Yeah. Um, but two, much more importantly, how did she think Belle was going to fit in the punch bowl? I listen, she didn't. <laughs> Belle definitely would not. Like, maybe she'd get one foot in there. She does try. This is the second time. As I said, this happens. She decides there is nothing for her in the castle and leaves. Well, tries. Yeah, she's about to run away. She's about to run away, and Lumiere's like, you ready for our date? She's like, what? <laughs> and then he, he puts her in the in the um, sled, and it's so easy to win her over, because she does love him, and he loves her, right? But she did already sabotage the sled. She did so... already sabotage the sled. <laughs> Even though this date is going great, by Lumiere standards, she's, she's sitting here it. like, "I'm going to die. I've murdered us. I've I've killed. I've killed me and my boyfriend." Like Juliet and Romeo, I have put us on a path to murder. Maybe a bit more like Antony and Cleopatra. Oh yeah, that's even. That's actually is better. Yes, yes. Yeah. There's a really loud bird outside of your window. There is nature. Look at you go, nature. It's too bad. That bird should not have started going for another, like, maybe five, ten minutes. Right? Then it would have been thematically correct. It would have worked out. The sled goes out of control. The, the right. It breaks off of, the rope breaks off of Sultan, who just goes back inside, I guess. And they slide off, and they're about to fall off of a ledge into a ravine, uh, which Wikipedia tells me is the same chasm in which Gaston will eventually meet his doom. So there's some foreshadowing, I guess. I guess. I don't know. Did Gaston fall into a chasm? He fell into a chasm, but he fell from the balcony that Beast jumps from. Right. This castle's all fucked up, so I I assume this balcony just moves to the other side of the chasm eventually. Yeah, he did fall off of a roof. He fell off of a roof, but into into a canyon, you know? Right, okay. You know, shenanigans happen. They're hanging off a cliff, obviously. So now here here comes my biggest issue with this. 
I love that Fifi is trying to kill Lumiere because mm-hmm. she thinks he's cheating. That's crazy. It's That's great. a great story. Here's what I don't love. They've been dating for five years. Five years. And Lumiere has never said, I love you. The word love has not come out of his shitty little mouth. What kind of a ass fuck boyfriend do you have to be? And here's the thing. I don't buy it. Lumiere has never been a person to keep things bottled up. He, his whole thing is that he's a womanizer, so he probably told her he loved her before he did. Right. And even beyond that, even because they try to sell you that the idea is, since he has, like, real feelings for her, he can't say stuff like that. Right? Yeah, but it's... But, it's like, just... even if that was true, like, he is always the most vocal one and the most um over the top yes if i had to say one of the characters was emotionally honest it would probably be lumiere definitely right uh or mrs potts i mean mrs potts knows where she's at Mm -hmm. and then whatever they don't die they bell saves them i think yeah beast not in this story at all or in the next one really yeah but he's still kind of the villain of the next one not well no little no you're 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 skipping ahead again are there four there's four that's why this movie was 92 fucking minutes long andy there's one of these that i don't remember okay we'll get there i would have said there were three i would have two but there are four unless you watch the one in which there are three maybe i did no you can't you i know you've watched all four because you mentioned the bird and you mentioned uh Cogsworth's subplot. Okay. Those are okay. two different those are two different uh okay. Okay. stories. So yeah, they get saved. Fifi never tells anybody that she was about to stone cold murder. No, no, no. <laughs> That's just something she needs to die with. She's gonna yeah, you hold that shit until yeah, until you're in your grave. The rope broke. It's nobody's fault. It's nobody's fault. It was an accident. Maybe when like if you die first, you can tell them. Right. On your deathbed, you can say, I tried to kill you the night you said I, I love you. Okay, bye. Bye. I thought you were having an affair with a human woman. <laughs> to be fair, at one point, uh, Lumiere says, word for word, her again. Pretend you do not see. Yes. What? The next story is Mrs. Potts' party. So Mrs. Potts is, because it's been winter for fucking a decade at this castle, Mrs. Potts is really sad because it's cloudy and it's depressing and she's depressed. So Belle is like, we're going to throw a party for her because she's always so great and helping everybody out. Um, and we have to show her that we care about her. So everybody. Are everybody, you sure? I don't remember this at all. Okay, so you watch the shorter one then. I might have. Here, let me see which one's on Disney+. Plus. Belle's Magical World. One hour, 11 minutes. Yeah, this, yeah, I watched a 70 minute one. Okay, you t- You just tell me Fuck. what happens at this point. Are you shitting me? I watched an extra 22 minutes of fucking bullshit. <laughs> ah! Fuck! Okay, so this is what happened. All right, you know, I'm just going to whiz through it then because you know what? This one sucks anyway. All right, okay. so the, she's really, really sad. Belle's like, oh, we need to help her out because she's so great to us. And everyone's like, yeah, I will, we'll make a cake and get her flowers. 
Um, now, Beast is in hibernation. I think that's what they say is he's in hibernation, which is what? wild. I, I, don't, I don't know because he wasn't in hibernation in the Christmas movie. So I don't know what the fuck's True. happening. But whatever. He's asleep. Also, all of these shorts have been in the winter, so he could just suddenly be in hibernation. Right? Whatever. He, he what, Whatever it was is he's asleep, and he's going to be asleep for a while. And if, he, mm-hmm. if we wake him up, he's going to be really grumpy. So they start, they're, they're going to make a cake, and they're going to get flowers. But every time they get flowers, uh, Mrs. Potts walks in, and she's like, well, what are you going to do with those flowers? And and he's, and he's everyone's like, oh, we're there for a beast. He, he wants flowers, so we're going to give him flowers. So they put a bunch of flowers in Beast's room. And they go to make this cake, but uh, but everyone's disagreeing on what kind of cake. Lumiere's like, we need this kind of cake. And one of the mittens, because there's two mittens and they talk and they're dating. Uh, sure. Married? I don't know. One of the mittens is like, Lumiere is right. And the other mitten's like, no, Cogsworth's right. And we need to make this kind of cake. So they're arguing. And the chef, who is an oven. Right. But I think that's that was already a character, right? The chef? Oven? Maybe. Yeah. I don't there know. Wa- there was a oven or a stovetop character. Chef Boosh. Boosh. Also voiced by Jim Cummings. So Jim Cummings gets got a lot of voices in this one. He's like, everyone needs to let me do my job. Actually, he sounds more like Pete, but French. <laughs> okay. Right? Because it's Jim Cummings. So he either... Because it's Jim Cummings. Yeah. He just sounds like Pete all the time. Or Tigger. So this one sounds like Pete, but French. They, everyone fucks up his cake and it explodes and Mrs. Potts shows up and she's like, oh, I guess I guess no one can do anything without me. Um, so sad. Damn. And and Belle like tears everyone a new asshole. Like, how dare you? You guys need to fucking stop being dicks. Mrs. Potts is so disappointed. I'm disappointed in you. If you guys can't learn how to work together, then what is even the point of anything? And she leaves. And then Lumiere and Cogsworth are like, she's right. We shouldn't be assholes. We should work together. So they work together and they make a cake and flowers and ev- and everything works. And the sun comes out and Mrs. Potts is like, I'm not sad anymore. And everyone's like, yay, we're all friends now. And Beast wakes up and he's like, why the fuck are there so many flowers in my room? And he goes back to sleep. And that's it. That's the whole short. It's 22 minutes. 22 minutes of <laughs> fucking nothing that I watched. I went through it. And I ha- it happened to me. And I didn't have to, but here it is. I've told it to you the way it was. Thank you for your service. And now we don't have to watch the other movie. So you know what? This was a bullet that I'm glad that we took. Because if we didn't take this bullet, we'd have another, I don't know, like 70 minutes of shit. But fuck that. We're done. <laughs> this is the last one. It's not true. I'm so mad that you... Because I, cause I, I got... I got... I think I got to the end of the last one mm-hmm. and i was like surely this movie is almost over and i was like we're halfway through this how are we only halfway through this 90 it, minutes is so long it's longer than star wars dude fuck <laughs> it's too much bad movie i couldn't handle it which is why i didn't want to watch it again <laughs> okay now we're at the last door actually no and then there's another song that's also bad I don't know what song this was, but it's there. It's another song. I, again, literally couldn't tell you anything about it. And then the last story happens. Okay. Whew. I gave myself a headache. <laughs> <sighs> you ready? This is it. This is the last story. So this story, the first note I have is that it should have come first because it feels like it's the first in the timeline. It also doesn't feel like it's winter in this story. Right. This is like, this is, I would say, before... 
something there. Which is, like, Belle and the Beast still, like, low-key hate each other. He yells at her in this. He straight up does the yell thing. Where he's like, you're gonna call me dinner. She's, like, hiding in her room because she does not want to hang out with this creep. Armoire is even there, but she hasn't been in all the other ones. I think I, I wrote down, when do these mo- stories take place? Like, because I was so confused by this one. I was like, it just feels messy. And the main thing about this movie, and it's actually the only note I have about it, I must have been pretty out of it. It's like a very, very pale imitation of Beauty and the Beast. Like, all the story beats that are hit are beats that they hit in Beauty and the Beast. But smaller and worthless. Yes. They hit in Beauty and the Beast way harder and way stronger. Yeah, it's rough. Beast is like, come eat dinner with me. And and she's like, no. And, and he's like, you're going to eat dinner with me. And she's like, fine. But then, like, a bird. So a bird is, like, flying, but it's, like, flying against the wind. Right. And then the wind lets up a little bit, and the bird is like, oh, shit. And then it picks up again, and it launches this bird into a something. Like a rock? I don't know. Yeah, like, it doesn't smack into the window, which is what you would expect. Oh, if this bird had just smacked it to the window, that would have been the funniest goddamn thing. (laughs) One of the best things that ever happened to me is in my art class in high school, the art room's window was so fucking clean that three times in one semester, a bird flew into it. Like, it would, like, so we'd be doing art or whatever, and we'd just hear thunk, and we'd look over, and a bird would just be standing at the the sill of the window, like, shaking its head and pecking the window, and then fly off. Amazing. It's the funniest goddamn thing. (laughs) In real life, it's, it's, I I cannot recommend it enough. Find yourself a clean window. This episode got weird. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not in the way I expected this. I'm I'm in a mood right now. (laughs) I'm in a very malicious place. And he's like, fuck birds. I want the world to hurt like I hurt right now. <laughs> oh, you're the beast. Oh, no. I get it. Um. Okay. So this fucking, this dead ass bird like flies into this window, in, into this room. And Belle's like, oh, no, I need to take care of this bird. Mm-hmm. Um. But beast hates birds for some reason. They do mention why. And uh, like I said, this is one of the story beats that is hit that's like hit way better. And it's because, one, they're beautiful, which, okay, if you're going to be turned into a monster, being turned into a bird, it's not going to be that much of a difference, in my opinion. But, two, they're free, and he's not. Okay, so this is something that has bothered me, though, is why is he not free? He can just leave, though. I think that the idea, it's it's like a social ostracization thing, and it's something that doesn't work the more they do these, like, midqual movies. Mm-hmm. Well, right in the original it makes sense because you get to see a mob try to kill him for being a beast yeah but like whenever there's another movie where it's like where it like seems like he could live happily in the world right because it really feels like now with all these movies that that was his first mob and you would think he'd be fighting off mobs every other week right like some other village would realize that there's a beast in this castle and try to take him out what is never especially because like like the bit where he sent away servants right what what is never communicated except in the original movie is this idea that he needs to be secret because if somebody knows there's a beast out there they're gonna go kill it Mm -hmm. in the original movie he feels more like an ostracized child 
like somebody who doesn't know how to not be angry at the world. And in these, he just feels like a shitty person. Like he just sucks. Like like he could just live a good he could just be good and live a happy life, but he chooses not to because f- fuck my servants. Which fair. Yeah. Like but it sucks. <laughs> yeah. Like it doesn't feel good as a viewer. Well, and that's got to be kind of a hard needle to thread. Like, how do you make somebody basically be an asshole without them being an asshole? And I can see why that's hard, but it also doesn't feel like a lot of effort was put into no making that happen correctly, you know? But just the writing isn't there for it, because you need to pity him, mm-hmm. uh, right? And instead, I'm just like, fuck this guy. This guy sucks. And his eyes are, like, going all over the place, so I don't know how <laughs> I feel about that. That's the other thing is he is not hot in this in this movie at all. <laughs> and they put a lot of work in the original movie in, into making him hot, right? Like they they talk, we talked at length about how they tried really hard to make him like as 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 hot as possible without without making him too hot. And in this he's like he's just like a massive he just looks like a hairy dude. He doesn't look like a beast. He just looks like a dude who never shaved, right? Like, it's like, no. Like, he needs to look like a monster that maybe you'd want to fuck. But no, they don't do that here because they just don't have the, the chops or the discipline. There. I've said my piece. What the hell happens with the bird, Andy? Uh, the bird so uh, the bird broke its wing and Belle puts a little splint on it. And she's, like, talking to it and reading it a story and completely forgets that she was supposed to go to lunch with Beast. And Beast is like... It's been 30 minutes. We've been waiting this whole time. So he, like, goes upstairs. It seems weird to me. The thing to do, in my mind, would be to send a servant to remind her. Yeah. And any of, any of the servants that he sent would politely remind her that she had lunch. But instead, he goes up himself and, like, you know, obviously well, freaks her out and freaks out. Well, so the reason he doesn't, though, is because of our little subplot. Mm-hmm. Where Cogsworth is, like, mad right. because no one listens to him. And at one point, Beast is like, uh, are you losing control of the castle? Yeah. I, I, okay, so what's really weird about this is, like... One of the things I never believed that Beast had a handle on was how to run the castle. No, he has no idea. Cogsworth knows how to run the castle. Maybe people don't listen to him all the time, but that is because he's in charge. Yeah, like nobody likes their manager. Right. Like nobody respects their manager. But, you know, if your manager comes down and is like, hey guys, like, let's, uh, come on, let's, let's do our job a little bit today. Uh, cause, because my manager is coming down and he has the ability to fire you guys too. It's like, all right, fine, I'll I'll put on a little bit of more of a show. But they're straight up like mutinying. Mutinying? Mutinying? Yeah, I think mutinying. Uh, that doesn't sound right. They're rebelling. Yes. <laughs> they're like outright just not paying attention to him. And like it's rough being a plate and a knife, I guess. But like the last thing I would want if I was fine China... Is for my angry beast master to just come in and just throw me against a wall and murder me instantly. Accurate. So I don't know. It, this is such a weird and dumb subplot that goes nowhere. It really doesn't. Here, let me resolve the subplot. Mrs. Potts convinces him that sometimes you need to be nice to people. Yeah. Shrug. And as soon as he says one halfway nice thing, 
everybody's on board. They fucking fall into line. Yeah. Like like the fucking plebs that they are, I guess, whatever. It's dumb. Mm-hmm. Uh, it implies that all of this does take place before Be Our Guest, which is insane. I guess it does, yeah. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Because that happens, like, day two. But, like, that's how all the characters are acting. It yeah. kind of feels like very early days still. Yeah, because Mrs. Potts isn't best friends with Belle yet. Okay, so... Beast goes up to the room, and like you said, he freaks her out, and then he freaks out. And he's like, no birds! So he, uh, he's gonna, I, I, I don't know, is he gonna throw the bird out? I don't fucking know. But he chases the bird? Is there a chase sequence here? Yeah, I think, I don't know, man, It's it's been so long, I was sick. Um, maybe. They, like, end up in the, in, in the parlor or something. Yeah, because he falls down the stairs and hurts himself. Mm-hmm. And Belle's like, now I have to take care of two kids. Fuck. Um, but the bird starts singing, I guess. Which is, I mean, I get in the story why it happened, but birds don't sing immediately after they're almost killed. Yeah, that bird's got to be quiet for at least two days. This could have been handled better is what we're saying, I guess. Well, it's just that even Beast getting hurt, that just feels like a weaker version of when Beast got hurt. Yeah, Anyway, now Beast loves the bird because it sings so beautifully. So now he's going to keep it forever. So he locks it in a cage. Oh my god, symbolism. But bad, boring symbolism. It's like... Because, do you know what doesn't happen? This never actually connects to the fact that he has kidnapped a person. He has kidnapped this person who's here? Right. I, and here's the thing is when he falls down the stairs, Bella's like, oh my God, are you okay? It's like, why do you fucking care? You should want him to die. You don't know about the curse. You don't know about anything. All you know is that these inanimate objects can talk and they're nice to you. And this guy fucking sucks. Just let him die. You could leave if the beast died. Everybody might turn human again if the beast dies. Maybe. We don't know. It's weird. I mean, everybody did turn human again when he died that one time. That so one time, maybe. yeah, maybe. Who knows? What a... So he locks the bird in a cage and he's like, why don't you sing? Urgh. I'm going to kill you if you don't sing. Cogsworth learns how to be a good person. That happens here. Yeah, whatever. Bell goes up and is like, he's not singing because it, it, when you're imprisoned, you don't want to do things. I know a little bit about that. Mind freak. <laughs> So Beast gets his bean freaked. Belle's like super fucking into David Blaine. He, she is. She, she. At one point, she like pulls a rose out of his ear, and he freaks out. He's like, "You're not supposed to know about that." He's, she's like, "Know about what?" And he's like, "Nothing." Mind freak. And then, uh, was that David Blaine? That's not David Blaine. Mind freak. I don't the other think guy. so, man. Who he's, knows? He's. It's the other sh- magician that's like a rock star for They're some reason. They're all exactly the same. If I type in mind freak, will it just come up? It's yeah, because it's the it's like a trademark. Chris Angel. Yeah, Chris Angel. he's the he's the guy who like almost kills himself but doesn't die. And David Blaine just like sticks needles in his nose or whatever. Neither of those things are tricks. <laughs> are magic. <laughs> that, that's I, just like being a dipshit. I yeah, can do that. I yeah. can be a dipshit. That doesn't take training. But they don't die is the thing, or or do gross they don't like gross body stuff doesn't actually happen to them, and that's the magic, I guess. I don't know. I guess, but in that case, you could just get, like, fake needles and stick it in your nose. Well, I, th- I assume that that's what's actually happening. I assume. I don't know but for sure. But in that case, who cares? 
Because it's magic, dude. It's like, wow, it's in, it happened in front of me. Yeah, but it's more interesting to, like, saw somebody in half. Even yeah, though we all know how that trick is done now, that's still more interesting than a needle. I, I, I will say, I, I love a good card magic trick any day of the week over weird almost death stuff. Mm-hmm. I would rather somebody do a card trick, like, in front of me, because that always gets me. Like, I'm like a fucking five-year-old. I saw a really good talk. Who are those two? Penn and Teller. Penn and Teller, Yes. I saw a really good talk that they did about uh, about this old the the thing that a thing that magicians do that's like they stole from vaudeville, which is um, which is this idea of crazy great memorization. Oh yeah, but they demonstrated it with um, a nail gun. The idea was that they memorized which parts which shots actually had nails in them and which didn't. Mm-hmm. And what was great about it was that they set it all up. Teller was, like, shooting his hand and, like, shooting pen and, like, shooting a board. And when he shot the board, the nail came out, right? Yeah. But then even after that, he just mentions offhand that it's absolutely fake and they wouldn't actually risk their lives. Yeah. Because he would not, he would not make himself and the audience privy to manslaughter, you know? Yeah. And I thought that was a really, like, excellent point. This is something that I think a lot of magicians do, a lot of good magicians do, right? It mm. is this idea of, like, we both know that this isn't real, but that's not the right. point. The point is, is that I'm about to do something that's going to make you believe that magic just happened in front of you. There has to be a consent there that, mm-hmm. that like, if you're shooting a nail gun... You can't at any moment make the audience think that someone could die because that's not fair. Right. And it's dangerous. The whole, the point the whole time, and this is super the point of a magic show, is that you go in knowing that everything's fake. Yeah. You know that nobody actually gets their guts cut open or when they go on that box, those swords aren't actually going to go into them, you know? Yeah. But but we 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 buy. They're gonna like, switch with the monster on the other side of the field. We we literally buy into. And then the swords go into that. <laughs> I uh, made it a Yu-Gi-Oh joke. You made it a Yu-Gi-Oh joke. <laughs> You're welcome. You've fallen into my trap card. <laughs> now now we're talking about Yu-Gi-Oh again. Uh. So Beast lets the bird go. Why did we start talking about magic? It was just some stupid, stu- stupid, stump it, it, thing I it was, said. It was no, it was me. I said a dumb joke because the beast, because Bell mind freaks beast. Right, Bell mind like, freaks she, beast. She fucking like force, like force hand, like tricks him into letting go of the bird, but right. the bird isn't ready to leave yet because the bird tries to fly away. And then Cogsworth's like, "But he won't come back." And Beast's like, "If it loves me, it will come back." Uh, but the bird doesn't come back because it's not fully healed and starts falling to its death. And Beast jumps onto the same roof that I think he's going to kill Gaston on uh, and <laughs> saves the bird. That roof gets a lot of play. That roof. You know, I, 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 it, it, to me, it would have been really funny if afterwards, after he saves the bird, Beast's like, that roof's really dangerous. We should put a rail there so nobody falls to their death. <laughs> right? <laughs> It'd be terrible. <laughs> we wouldn't we wouldn't be able to save them and it would definitely kill them. Oh, <laughs> uh, I think I just love your beast impression. <laughs> Partially because I don't think we mentioned this, but the beast in this movie does not sound like the beast. Which it is, sounds like 
a dude making a kind of gravelly voice. It's wild that you say that because they got everyone back except for you. Are joking? I'm not joking. They got everybody back. I think except for Mrs. Potts, who who sounds the same. <laughs> what is it with princes? Well, it's not princes. Last time it was Sebastian, yeah. but like sometimes we will get like a male lead phoning it in completely in these sequels and it's weird yeah uh here's here's what i'll say though right is at the time i think he might have been in the middle of working on friends which he was like the the lead producer of the show friends for its entirety it was on tv huh did not know that. Yeah, like he was—he had like a big hand in that show. I think I don't even remember what that yeah, was. Yeah, big hairy hand. That fucking yeah. Well, I mean, you look at this guy. This guy's name is Robbie Benson. You look at this guy, and he looks like the Beast. Yes, I remember looking him up, and like young him looks like the Prince, and now he looks like the Beast. Yeah, because he's just like a bearded dude. Oh, he wrote a book. Oh, and apparently he's had like heart problems his whole life. Oh, that's true. Uh, so he's like he's like super active in heart in heart research. So that's nice. Fuck, he went un- he underwent four heart surgeries. That's open heart surgeries. That's fucking insane. This guy this guy's a fighter. Anyway, yeah, he just doesn't mm-hmm. sound like he showed up to work. Uh, it's fair. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like he has a lot going on. I I will say something that I I always feel bad about these direct-to-video sequels because I feel like the voices of the princesses always come back. They always come back. And they always uh-huh. put in so much effort. And it's like, you don't have to. Please, like, you don't have to. We we, we love you so much. Don't do this to yourself. Like, you don't need to come back. Paige O'Hara, like, we, I, you could do so much. And I'm sure you do. But don't, don't come back for this. Well, and Jody Benson. Right? In every Mermaid sequel, it's like, come on, Chody. I've well, seen your IMDb picture, but come on, still. <laughs> I, I fucking love that one. <laughs> it's my favorite. It, what? You know, the, the, the Jody Benson, Benson IMDb picture? I, I remember us looking it up at some point. I You've got to look her up on IMDb. It looks like Ariel oh. is eating her. <laughs> oh, man. That is bad. Why is she's this... like really small and Ariel is like above her, kind Why? of like Ursula might be. Why in is an this Little Mermaid movie? IMDb, you got to pick a better photo. Absolutely not. That's the best photo you could possibly have. I might make this my fucking Twitter background. This is amazing. It is wonderful. Anyway, the bird loved him, and so the bird came back. Do you get it? Because he was nice to it. Do you get it? End of movie. <laughs> Maybe he's one step closer to letting go of the human he kidnapped. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe it's going to take Metaphor. another six months. I don't fucking know. So what did you think of this movie, Andy? Fuck this movie. This movie fucking sucked. I never, <laughs> I'm never. i never going to watch it again. Yeah, me neither. Ah, don't watch it. This one's bad. Maybe watch the the second one. Maybe watch the one where a, a, a feather duster murder, almost murders herself and her boyfriend. That one's pretty good. Yeah, if there are three, and I'm going to say there are three, not four, uh, Beauty and the Beast movies, the first one is good, the second one has Tim Curry in it. The second one is almost worth it just to watch that CGI monster. It is, it, it's it, horrifying. We gotta be clear on this. It was bad. It was terrible. It does have Tim, Tim Curry, Curry in it. 
And the third one has like one good short in it, or the, one the, t- again bad short, but it's good. But it's like, like okay, so the Christmas movie is bad, but it's got so much wild shit happening that I would say, you know what? Yeah, throw it on. Yeah, you know, fucking snap, crackle, and pop open a ruski and like have a night. But this sucks. This was I watched four. That was ninety minutes of my life. That was so long. Never again. That's so long. Yep. This this is terrible. This was a mistake. I did not know that the world was going to end when I suggested we do this one. <laughs> yeah. I would have done a much, it would have made a much lighter choice. <laughs> ah, yeah. Thank you for listening to Direct Video. VHS? VHS? I have been your host, Tony Urbisto. I have been your host, Andy Reyes. We're, we're doing it. We're back. Yeah, we're still alive. Is that all you got, world? No, don't say that. (laughs) We've been through so much. (laughs) Cause it's enough. It's an I've been through I've been through two recessions in my life. (laughs) Okay. Ah. (laughs) You can find me on Twitter at royalty underscore valens. I'm uh, virtually unemployed. You can find me yeah. on Twitter at TheaterBats, and you can find my comic at InspireWitcherEvents.org. A big huge thanks to Lee Rosevier for Planet E off the album Trappist One. Yep. Nailed it. And you can find more direct video stuff at direct2.video. Heck yeah. Our last our last video was just a clip of me and Andy talking about electric eels, and I fucking love it. It's great. It's really good. Because we're just like, lit- like we wikipedia electric eels. We just decided for like 30 minutes to learn about eels. It's amazing. I love it. Eels are great. Eels are great. They're not even eels, though. They're not, but that and that's the crazy part. It's one of the reasons they're great. They're zigging while we're zagging, you know? like Absolutely. You can rate us on iTunes. The world is has ended. What possibly are you doing instead? Yeah. You, 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 <laughs> you have, got the time to waste. Do you have friends who need to waste like an hour every week? Every other week? Not even every week. Every other week. Tell them about us. Recommend us. You know, we'll kill an hour. Tell me murder time for breakfast. Yeah, that's really good, actually. <laughs> it's gonna be, that sounds like an action movie tagline. Right? Wasn't there Clockstoppers? There, I remember this movie. There was a movie called Clockstoppers where this kid can stop time. 2002? Oh, I think I remember this movie as well. It, it was terrible. It was really bad. Okay. But I, I remember when it came out and watching it and being like, actually, this is bad. What are we watching next? Oh, balls. I almost stopped. What are we watching next? What are we watching next? Um, you know what we're doing? I'm in the mood. I think I think we're ready for this. Uh-oh. Okay. I, I think we're going to watch Tarzan. Wow. Okay. I have had conversations now with multiple people about not liking Tarzan because of Phil Collins. So this is going to be fun. Me personally, I hate Phil Collins. And I know that that's one of the things you hate about it. But I I do think that I I do like this movie. I actually, I like soundtrack for that movie, which is why when we watched Brother Bear and the soundtrack was hilariously terrible. 
I somebody on that my Twitter me. somebody on my Twitter was like Phil Collins should score another Disney movie and I'm like yeah the next one that sucks uh I didn't say that I didn't did tweet you that. show them Brother Bear show them any clip of Brother, Brother Bear. Bear yeah like did you watch Brother Bear like no but I hope he never no probably 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 they did I hope he never scores a Disney movie again get Sting back. He did, he did one song for the end credits of uh, Emperor's New Groove. Get Sting back. Let him have a shot at actually doing uh. a movie. Why not? All right, so yeah, we're doing Tarzan. And there are two direct-to-video sequels of this, so we're, but we're gonna, I think we're gonna do a coin toss to see which one we watch next. Maybe we'll watch both of them. We're definitely gonna watch both of them, but I don't know which one we're gonna watch first. Right, which one is... Well, one of them is a prequel and one of them is a well, sequel, one right? of them is a midquel and the other one is a direct sequel. Right. Yes. Right. Lots of fun. So, Love it. Who knows? I'm the ghost of John Smith. And this is the spot where I died. I never play video games because... I don't know why, but it feels like a waste of time to me. Yes. I, I think we've talked about this before. Like, I can waste my time on other shit, but I can't on video games. I get in my own head about it. But, like, whatever, I wasn't doing anything. Mm-hmm. And I was suddenly like, I need to waste time right now. Let's play 63. That's so fucking much. Let's play 63 hours of Stardew Valley. Yeah, that's like 20% of your last two weeks. Yeah, I started dreaming about chickens. I think the only thing I've played more than that is like Bejeweled or something. Nope, I didn't. I played Bejeweled for 61 hours, and that was oh! over multiple years. So so you, you've crushed this game in like the last two weeks.